greetings from Andrew too, uh, talking to him this week. And we had a good chat for an hour and a half from Israel. And uh, he's praising the Lord for the opportunities getting with his family and the many, um, the funds that have come in to cover the printing and producing and getting out a multitude of tracks there in the Middle East. So he's, he's praising the Lord for that, that, this, that there, it's available. He's, he's going for it and doing that. So thank you to those who are giving from here and from other churches, many churches here, America and other places in the world to get that message out in Israel. <clears throat> if, there's, if there's ever a country that needs to hear the message that are written about in the scriptures, it tells us, it tells us specifically that two-thirds of them are going to be killed in the future and probably in the near future. They need to hear the gospel now so they have the opportunity. I mean, everybody needs to hear, but specifically spoken about in scripture is that a lot of those people that are there living now will will be dying and maybe in their maybe in this lifetime it looks like that with what's happening and uh and another a bit of encouraging news too brother robbie and sam at the back there putting it putting the message out he, he's showing me they can read the results of who, how many people are listening tony's got the pod, podcast he knows what that is. They know what it is. <laughs> and people, there was 170 listening last week. And uh, so the, the thing, well, we don't know if they just tuned in and turned, turned off. We turned them off or <laughs> whether they are listening for the whole message. So praise the Lord that the message can go out and people can be listening. So welcome to those who are listening or watching on um, the, the ways and means that sent out the messages. Well, back in Matthew. Matthew, let's turn there to chapter... 20. I've grown to appreciate Matthew more this time through than the last time through. You see, in, even in 40 years in, in one church, you only get to go through a book maybe twice. There's 66 books, and they take a, a time to get through in detail as we go through them, and so it's been good to go through the Gospel of Matthew and learn much of what he has to say in a deeper way and I pray that you've had a blessing from looking at the parables and the miracles and the sayings the, the it's all about the the kingdom of heaven and the, the future the past the present and it all ties in together and though he was a, a publican or a tax collector he the Lord through the Holy Spirit ministered to him that we might have these wonderful truths today last time we looked together at verse 17 down to verse 23, the ministry in the kingdom. We saw the price, the cost that it was going to cost the Lord Jesus. In verses 17 to 19, he's going to go up to Jerusalem and be killed and be betrayed by the mob. Palm Sunday was a great day, and it seems that all was on the up and up, and he was going to be crowned king. But a few days later, he was killed, murdered, there on the cross and the lord knew that that was going to happen the disciples didn't seem to comprehend it and so <clears throat> we see the cost that we 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 notice the path revealed and we're still looking at that the path revealed the quest of the two disciples or <laughs> can we sit on your right hand and left we see their mother her devout worship and her 
dearest wish that her two boys could sit on the right hand and the left of the Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom. They were set on the kingdom. We see their mistake in verse 22 to 23. They were ignorant of the price of, the, of this position and the throne coming and the principle of the throne. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Remember, we likened this baptism to a baptism of fire. And that they, they oh yes, we're able. They didn't know. And, and <laughs> it's, it's good when, you, when you're a young person and go into ministry. You know why? Because you're ignorant of what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know the cost. And these disciples were like that, you know, just fling themselves wholeheartedly into this and we know the kingdom's coming in. We, we throw ourselves with ardour at this task and praise the Lord. And that's why, you know, for youth and for their, their enthusiasm and their throwing themselves into the task. And we, 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 when we get a bit older, we get a bit uh, more cautious. That's why they have young people in the army. And not all people who are cautious. No, I'm not jumping out of this trench. There's bullets going everywhere. <laughs> and is it any different in the Christian warfare? You get out of the trench and go charge to the enemy and there's bullets coming everywhere. And you can't dodge them because you can't see them. You don't know when they're coming and what's happening. So th their mistake, they thought it was uh, not too bad. It's going to be easy. We're going to sit on the right hand and the left hand. <laughs> this is what they were thinking. So the price of the throne, verse 22 and 23a, and then the principles or the principle of the throne in the last part of verse 23. <clears throat> to sit on my right hand and my, right, my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So the Lord, the Lord Jesus left that with God the Father. Uh, that. And so tonight we move on from the quest of the two disciples to the quarrel with the twelve disciples. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And as we look at this word, may be encouraging to us. Uh, wherever we are in life, may we, we give ourselves to service, as this portion is about, uh, counting the cost and saying, yes, I'm willing. I'm willing to invest in eternity. I'm willing to lay up treasures in heaven. I'm willing to do that which pleases my Saviour, who saved my soul from eternal condemnation. And we thank you for that. And we pray for those that aren't well, those, Lord, that are, as it were, fallen soldiers, are sick. Uh, Lord, there are quite a few we've, we've mentioned tonight. And be with them here. And, Lord, all around the world there are those that are sick. And all around the world there are those that are imprisoned too. And more people dying for your sake and for your glory now than there was in the past. And, Lord, we don't see that. But we do hear about it and we pray for them. Bless the word for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The quarrel with the, tw the ten disciples, verse 24 to 28. And when the ten heard it, they heard of the two that asked or requested for to sit on his right and left hand. They were moved with indignation against the two brethren. And so we call this an explosion. <laughs> A problem in the midst of the, th these fellows that were going to start the early church. They, they reacted with indignation, it reads here. How do we react when this happens to us? Someone jumps the queue. Someone gets in before us. Something happens that we don't like. 
Well, these reacted that way and the old nature was in control. So we see the explosion of self here. They all aspired to supreme seats, which they thought was just about to happen. They were all selfish and self-centered, self-serving and self-seeking. And praise the Lord that their attitude changed as they continue to minister for the Lord. And how do you think our Lord and our Saviour felt with their covetousness and their attitude just after he had given verse 18? He, he, he said, I'm going to die in Jerusalem. And then they, then they just, all they were thinking about, it's like the Lord, we might have said, did, did you hear what I said? <laughs> did you hear that I'm going to die? Here you're arguing about thrones. And I'm talking about a cross. You're talking about a crown. And they, <laughs> praise the Lord, he is so gracious with us in these sort of days when we get to thinking about ourselves. He might have thought, have they listened at all to what I've said? How much has sunk in? You know, it's like with your children. You tell them once, you tell them twice, you tell them ten times. Is it getting through? And this is his children that didn't seem to be sinking in. You might say, well, Lord, why didn't you choose some more affluent persons than these people that you did choose? It's because these people that he did choose would develop the right attitude eventually and be sacrificial in their giving of themselves to his service. And so there's the explosion and, and then there's the explanation, an explanation in verse 25 to 27. Jesus called them unto him and said, and so he, he didn't scold them for what they hadn't thought or the insensitivity to his situation. He accepted their recognition of him as king. At least he could think this. Well, they do acknowledge that I'm the king because they're looking for, for <laughs> seats next to me. At least they acknowledge that much. He knew they hadn't the Holy Spirit as yet because the Holy Spirit hadn't come. Pentecost hadn't happened. So there were some things that he, he, he understood that where they were at. And the Lord knows that, doesn't he? He knows our frame, it tells us in the, in the Old Testament, as in Proverbs, that we're, we're of dust. <laughs> we're just humans <laughs> endeavouring to serve him. And praise the Lord for that. He knows us. He knows our downsettings. He knows our uprisings. He knows where we're at. And <clears throat> concerning secular powers, he gives an explanation here. The worldly concept. Ye know, he said, that they exercise Authority. The princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. And as he explained this, they didn't have to have it explained too hard because they were living under the Romans, the iron heel of Rome. <laughs> now, people with political ambitions being unsaved are in grave danger of abusing their authority. And that's not any different today, is it? People get into positions of authority in government who are not Christians, and the majority of them are that way, but they can easily abuse their authority. They can take advantage of those positions. Um, <clears throat> well, today, as we look around the world, are there people taking advantage of those positions they've got into in, in their countries? There are. In Western countries and non-Western countries, there are people taking advantage of that. 
Can you, can you name one? He said, there are some. Who are they? Putin? Putin? However you pronounce his name? Yep. Kim, thank you, Kim, him. <laughs> he's taking advantage of his position. Maybe he's softening. Pray that he is. It would be great if they <coughs> can work out a deal and he's made some promises. I'm going to denuke or something. Well, <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, who else? Uh, just in China, they took a vote, didn't they? In China? I'm in here for life. And uh, until I die. And so they're taking advantage of that position because they don't trust anybody else. They're going to grab hold of the authority and the power now. And Jesus said that would happen right here. <laughs> you know, this is the way Gentiles, unsaved people work, un unsaved Gentiles. They exercise dominion over them. Have you ever had to deal with a local authority? Maybe somebody in authority in our government or in, in a government position where they throw, out, throw their weight around. Is it nice when that happens? Pretty often, yeah. Pretty often, okay, pretty often, yeah. In the fire brigade, yes, in that, in that area. And in farming, they, they're throwing their weight around. Didn't you tell me, Mr Dunn, that they were trying to make you write a book of when you got on a tractor and off a tractor all the times every day? Yep. And, uh, and, give an account. and I don't know why they want to know if you're getting on or off a tractor. I, 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 but there's, there's authority. And, and in our country, because it's so affluent, there's money to pay people to keep up on these things too. And um, it's making, even, it, even in governance of a church now, it's making it hard because there are a lot of things that are coming in that you have to deal with, book work and fill out forms and things of that nature that you didn't, you could just operate as a church where just fellowshipping together, meeting together because some people have done the wrong thing, now the government's coming down and saying all these things you have to now fill out. We had that trouble with getting Charmaine over. Yeah, getting Charmaine over from the Philippines, that's right. Really the trouble of going through the, and, and you just sort of get frustrated. And where do I go from here? How do I get, get through? Mm -hmm. and, and you may have a job in that position, <laughs> in one of those positions. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the millennium to see how a perfect government works because the, the Lord Jesus will be ruling with a rod of iron. Now, he'll be a dictator, but perfect. He, he, he's got the right heart. He's got the right attitude. He, he knows everybody in every situation. Looking forward to that. But as Christians... We're to submit to the authorities that be, we must mention this, because God has put them in authority. And we're to pray for them that are in authority. We're to even go up and ask them sometimes, what do you need that we could pray for? What is it that you are facing? And they would appreciate that. Some of them, as they are Christians seeking to pray for me, some would, some wouldn't appreciate it. Depends if they believe in God or not, as they're asked that question. So here, concerning secular power, the worldly concept of power is power over people. And now I can do what I want and I can get away with it. You know, the rorts of the government with their flying here and flying there and declaring it on the 
public purse, those sort of things. Corruption happens. As it's been said many times, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And <clears throat> we have in verse 26 and 27 concerning spiritual power. And we read in those two verses, but it shall not be so among you. That's not the way to run spiritual matters. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. They're not got the position to bring people down and to, to hurt people, and, and, but to minister to people. I do remember, I, I, I didn't intentionally, but I was in the registration office in the, the old one. And I had something with my car. My car had run out of registration, didn't even realise it. The bill hadn't been sent to me and, and I went in and said, look, I'm sorry, this is out of date and that. And, and he said, well, you should have checked it up. I said, well, you are a public servant. <gasps> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he erupted and everybody in the whole place knew it. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't aggressive in a way I said it, but he was so, said what he said and I just replied. Um, <clears throat> don't do that. <laughs> I don't think he's working there anymore. He's a, I remember him. <laughs> but we don't, we don't do that as Christians. And, and, and in a church, if there are people that get into authority, that like having to the, the authority to bring people under them, they're the people we don't need in authority in a church. They're not humble servants of the Lord. That's the sort that are mentioned. That's why there's qualification, character qualifications listed in Timothy and in Titus for those people in that position. Notice here what the Lord said about those people in, in authority within churches. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your what? What is the word? Minister. Minister. That word minister is used in the Bible. <laughs> And it's from diakonos. It's word from diakonos. And where, what word in English do we get from diakonos? Deacon. It's, the, it's, almost, it's a transliteration. <laughs> and it's the, the details are spelt out in 1 Timothy 3, 8 to 13, where the diakonos is talked of, the qualifications, the character reverence, we might say. A minister. Let him be your minister, and it means servant, servant, one who serves. That's the position of authority. Let him set an example by serving others, ministering to others, meeting the needs of others. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. And this one comes up over and over in my mind. What does it say? To Visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That spells it out pretty simple. <laughs> and so to minister to others in their needs. And then in verse 27, he, we read back in Matthew, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. <laughs> and that's doulos. Diakonos and doulos are the words that are used here. <clears throat> Remember in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 21 when a servant, a Jewish servant was purchased by another Jewish family they could do that legally it's spelled in Deuteronomy, spelled out there in chapter 21 
if after seven years, after seven years they could go free. That was their choice. But if they had married someone that their master had given them, then the wife and the children had to stay with the master. But if they had married someone before and they were made a servant, they could all go out. Or they could stay with their master because they loved their master and loved ministering and serving and loved their wife and loved their family. They could stay there and the master would take them up to the, it sounds like the doorpost of the house, put their ear, they must have big ears in those days, and they put their ear out and drill a hole through their ear with an awl. I can imagine one of those twist drills, you know. <laughs> but maybe it was something they hammered through. I don't know. And uh, anyway, they, they did that and it, was, it marked them for life. They were the servant of that master for their life. Folks, we are that for the Lord Jesus. When we become Christians, we are marked. <laughs> we say, I voluntarily serve the Lord. I'm going to do it because I love my master. I'm going to serve him for my life. And that's what the picture is here. These are the people that take leadership in the church. And this will be the blessed church. Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And an example is given in verse 28. <clears throat> uh, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And where do we find that mentioned in more detail, where the Lord Jesus, become a servant, took upon him the form of a man, was made in the image of a man? Uh, how, how does it say it? I, I'm not quoting it right. Philippians, I hear, chapter 2 and uh, verses 5 to 11. And he died the cruel death of a cross. He he was humbled by man and humbled himself. And the Lord wants us. This is the example. He said we're to follow his example. And there's the other example that's given too. While the Lord Jesus was still alive. And it's way back in John's Gospel chapter 13. <clears throat> and it seems like it's a long way from the event of the cross. But it's only in that last week I think that this happened. One of the last things the Lord did to teach the disciples a lesson was to teach them to serve. He said, if your Lord and Master has done this, take the, took the towel, took the basin, took the water and washed the disciples' feet. <clears throat> you remember that? And that was a picture of perfect service for those that he ministered to. Now we get to verse 29 to 34. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed, followed him. <clears throat> We see the power revealed. Let's keep, keep in line. We've seen the price revealed for ministry in the kingdom. We've seen the path revealed for ministry in the kingdom. And now the power revealed for ministry in the kingdom. We see uh, how the Lord had the power to, to do what he said. And he healed here again. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting in by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus was passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they could not hold they should, that they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, the son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. 
So Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Notice the men, first of all. Let's paint a picture here, the scene. Where is it at? Jericho. Where is Jericho? It's east, northeast of Jerusalem, a long way down. Down not far from the Jordan. If you I remember easily, I was driving the car and I was still, it was about at the most a kilometre to the Jordan River, and there was Jericho over there, about five kilometres away. You could see it at the foothills when we were driving past it. Didn't get to go there. But <clears throat> this is Jericho. What time is it when this is happening? What are people in Israel doing when this occasion occurred? <laughs> when this occurred? Well, they were going to the feast of the Passover. So, most of the people in the north of Israel would have been going down to the Jordan to avoid Samaria. They didn't go through the, Samar- the villages of the Samaritans. They'd they go all the way down to the Jordan and then all the way back up to Jerusalem. And what town did they go through? Jericho. There was crowds there. This was like a, a, a roundabout all blocked up. <laughs> There was people coming through Jericho. There was a lot of public people. Everything was booked out. No motels free in Jericho at this time because they were all going up to the Passover. So it was, as it were, a physical um, human traffic jam. Lots of people. And it, it says that as they departed there, the great multitude followed him. So not only was the draw card of the Passover at Jerusalem, but also the Lord Jesus was going down there. Uh, <clears throat> Now, as we look at this, in Matthew it said there was two blind men were healed as Jesus was leaving Jericho. As they departed, verse 29, as they departed from Jericho. Mark said blind Bartimaeus was the outspoken one of the blind men in Mark 10.46. And Mark also said their healing occurred when Jesus left Jericho, as it says in Matthew, verse 29. But Luke said, Bartimaeus sat by the wayside begging as Jesus drew near to Jericho. So you get the picture from the four Gospels, taking all accounts, that one said it seems like it happened before Jericho. Matthew and Mark said it happened after Jericho. But what about Jericho? What do you know about Jericho from your Sunday school days? There was a battle there. There was the first city taken as they come over the Jordan from the wilderness wanderings to capture the land. And Jericho, and what happened at Jericho? Yeah, the walls came down. (laughs) They all went out. They fell outwards, (laughs) that's it. But but not Rahab's spot on the wall either. (laughs) It was maintained. God did that. And that happened at Jericho. Can you remember something else that happened at Jericho? Got it here. Just after Jericho, Aiken, there's a small little man. Zacchaeus lived at Jericho. (laughs) And so Jesus came into Jericho, went through Jericho and out the other side. Because what happened with Zacchaeus was in Jericho. And um, I was going to put this on overhead and I got too late. I mean on the... 
screen. This is from way back. Zacchaeus, up a tree. Remember the little fella? Couldn't see? Climb the tree. And uh, it spells Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. And so it's all the J's, all the E's, the S's, and I'll read it to you. Jesus, journeying to Jerusalem, halted at Jericho. Entered the house of Zacchaeus, who eagerly received him and entertained him joyfully. Seeking Jesus and serving Jesus, Zacchaeus was satisfied by Jesus. Uncharitable Jews, unable to understand Jesus, why the Son of Man who sought and saved the Son of Abraham seeks and saves sinners still. It was an outline we used for the, for the young people, but it all went J-E-S-U-S. And someone did that, it wasn't me. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I thought that was interesting. At Jericho. So we can think of things that happened in Jericho. And here's another occasion. Something happened at Jericho. So on Jesus leaving Jericho, these blind men were not going to miss out. You see, I believe the Lord Jesus was coming to Jericho. There was a great multitude. Masses of people following with the Lord Jesus, going to the Passover. And as they came then, the blind men, you know, what's happening? They had to ask, what's going on? What's the crowd? They could hear, but they couldn't see. And Jesus is passing by. Oh, Jesus, he does those miracles. He heals people. <laughs> and so their thought was, well, let's get to Jesus. Too late. He's gone into Jericho. So what would you do if you was a, a blind man and heard that the healer, the great healer, was coming through? What would you do? Well, he's got to come out the other side. So let's get round to the other side. And that's what they did. <laughs> they went round to the other side. And so this time, they were not going to miss out. Because, <clears throat> as we read there, the two blind men, when they heard that Jesus passed by, what did they do? Verse 20, 30. They cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should, they should hold their peace. But they cried the more. They're not going to miss out. When Jesus passes by, I've heard a message on that. When Jesus passes by, seek him. Because he might not come this way again. Can you remember when the Lord passed by your heart? And the Lord knocked on your soul's door? He's coming past. He's moving through. And he could be gone. And he might not come this way again. Hey, opportunity comes, doesn't it? Opportunity knocks, we say. Comes past. And these beggars were not going to let this opportunity pass. They'd let it go when he came in. And they were not going to let it go when he came out. And they cried the more when they were told to keep quiet. They were louder. They realised their desperate need of Christ recognizing their blind and lost condition and you can't get saved unless you know you're unsaved <laughs> and these these men recognize their physical blindness and maybe their spiritual condition as well seek him while he may be found call upon him while he is near that's literally the sense for these fellas they know that more people would sense and see their condition today that jesus is near but they're not crying out for him. Men were pricked in their hearts and they cried out in Acts 2.37. The Philippian jailer said to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Their hour had come. Their visitation was happening. Jesus was passing by 
their life. And so we see the men, we see the multitude. Well, be quiet, hold your peace. Shut up, in other words. Quiet, beggars, you're a nuisance. But they just got louder and louder. <laughs> crowd or no crowd, rebuke or no rebuke, these beggars weren't going to be silent. Praise God that that happens with some folk. <laughs> when they start seeking the Lord, they're not going to let go until they find him or see him. You know, <clears throat> what or who is it that's silencing you from seeking Jesus? Is it your family saying, if you do that, you're out of this place. Don't want you to see, see you again. Don't want to visit you. Don't want you to visit us. No more Christmases together. No more family get-togethers. No more Easter's together. You're out of here because you go that way. That's, you're going religious fanatic and that's the end of it. No more relationship. It might be family. It might be uh, work. It might be at um, the firm <laughs> that's saying, you know, what, what's wrong with you? You go back to work after getting saved and what's happened to you? Why the big change? Why aren't you partying with us anymore? It might be that you're scared of being called a fool for Christ. <laughs> Maybe it's the uh, things of the flesh. They're crying out to you, stop speaking out. Don't seek Jesus. The flesh cries out for satisfaction. The world is beckoning us to, to its way. And you go seeking it instead of seeking the Lord that's passing by. Well, the multitude said, keep quiet, and they cried out the more. Praise God that most of you here tonight have cried out the more when he passed by. The master, in verse 32, and Jesus stood still and called them and said, what will ye that I shall do unto you? Do you think he knew already? Yep, <laughs> he knew already. And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So we see his call to them. He knew what they wanted. He didn't put words in their mouth. He asked them questions to see their sincerity. And really, it's like a public profession almost when they answered him. His compassion upon them is seen in verse 33 <clears throat> and 34. So when Jesus had compassion on them, he touched their eyes. And we know that they were immediately healed. They received their sight and they followed him. When the Lord touches our eyes, when the Lord touches us, when he, when he healed these fellows, who was the first person they saw? The Lord Jesus. When we come to the Lord, the first thing we see is the Lord in all his glory, his wonderful forgiveness, his wonderful mercy, his wonderful grace to us. And we say what? Thank you, Lord. We see Jesus. Remember Fanny Crosby said? What was it that she said? <laughs> the first person she'll see when she gets sight again will be Jesus. Remember that. And be a bit, the Lord used, she, she, she didn't say she didn't... Um, get upset and angry with her infirmity that she was made blind at a young age but she was used mightily by God to write thousands of hymns that we sing many of today and but she, then she had the, the wonderful fact the first thing she'll see with her new eyes is the Lord Jesus <laughs> and when we see the Lord high and lifted up we will praise him you know we often 
say, maybe jokingly saying, you know, oh, I want to talk to Adam, I want to talk to Abraham, I want to talk to David, you know, well, you know, I think who our attention will be given to when we get there? The Lord. <laughs> he will be so wonderful, so beyond description, description, describing in human terms, with human language, we will be awed at his presence. And, and, and marvel that he would consider or have considered me or you to die for us and to do what he did when he is so glorious, so mighty, so powerful and so wonderful. That goes back to his servanthood, doesn't it? He serves us and will serve us. And we see them converted at this time, his call, his compassion and his converts. <clears throat> These two blind men. But, and they followed him. Didn't it, does it say that? Where are we? Jesus sought compassion. Yeah, verse 34. Immediately they received sight and they followed him. You read, where do they go then? Up to Jerusalem. Up to Jerusalem. They would have been involved in Palm Sunday. They would have been involved in laying their coats down. They would have joyously done that because this is the Lord. <laughs> and uh, they followed him. What, does new what should new converts do? Follow him. Follow him all the way. And as they went on their way, they saw colour for the first time. If they'd been blinded from birth. What, didn't it say that? Um, they saw trees. They saw people. They saw God's creation as well as the Lord Jesus. They saw people. They just didn't hear it anymore. They saw. And what a wonderful time they had. Their eyes were fixed on Jesus. A new world was opened up to them as they went on their way. And so it is for every person that meets Jesus in the world here. Their eyes are opened and they see things they'd never seen before. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful story of these blind men healing, for the wonderful example of Jesus, the great servant, and how he's teaching his disciples and ourselves to be servants, to be ministers, to be doulosses, Lord, to humble ourselves and minister to other people, to be diaconesses, Lord. Minister through us for your glory until you come, and may we always see, always see Jesus and be thankful for what he has done for us. And may we cry out if we haven't seen him by faith and accept him tonight as our Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.